Hey, this is Marcus Rickson from Rickson Entertainment Group. And if you really want to listen how to level up your life, you should listen to Time to Shine Today podcast with my good friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today podcast, Varsity Squad. This is Scott Ferguson. We're at episode 228 with my good friend, Marcus Rickson from Rickson Entertainment. Um, he's a true white tiger story. Um, born in India, uh, lived a kind of a really underprivileged life, but he never let it stop him from serving people and then leveling up his life, building a great family. He's located there in the country music and gospel capital up there in Tennessee. And I'm just so stoked to bring you this story. Uh, Fantastic gentleman, fantastic human being. So without further ado, make sure you do break out your notebooks because Marcus is going to drop some leveling up knowledge nuggets. Just trust me on that. So without further ado, here's Marcus Rickson with Rickson Entertainment. Let's level up. Time to shine today. Podcast Varsity Squad. It is Scott Ferguson. And my good friend, Bertha Medina, hooked me up with my other now good friend, Marcus Rickson. Um, his story is fantastic. I've been I've waited way too long to get this um, episode out to you guys. And I apologize to you guys and to Marcus for this, but Marcus is the president of Rickson Entertainment Group. And Rickson is R-I-X-O-N. Rickson Entertainment Group, which is a front runner in today's world of entertainment with roots in artist management, branding, social media, networking, distribution, and digital marketing. He works with clients to create a strategic plan for success. His clients include Punch Parade, Chris Bevins, Nathan Sheridan, Alyssa Turner, who she's one of my favorite, and Jay Spite. And Marcus, thank you for so much for coming on. Please introduce yourself to the Time to Shine Today podcast for our C-Squad. But first, what's your favorite color and why? My favorite color is red. Red? It's, just, it, it, it's a color that just gets your attention straight away. It does. And I'm a big, <laughs> so, I'm a big soccer fan, and my favorite team is Manchester United. And ah, everything is gotcha. red. So, yeah, favorite you know color is red. Squad, if you're watching, like red, I I, I asked the color red for one. I, I'm going to do all the marketing in red for you, right? Um, yeah. Two, it's like I get a personality, but you're so chill, bro. Like red is kind of like, you know, and the blue is kind of the chill. And like I was thinking you were going to say kind of a purple, but, you know, red red's in your color wheel, brother. So that works for me, too. It's, it's in my blood. It's in your blood. <laughs> my man. So that's funny, man. I know where you went with that. That's funny. So let's get to the origin story here, man. Uh, what got you from where you were, which I know, but I want you to share with the squad, what got you from where you were up to opening a highly sought after, you know, artist management, branding, social media company. So uh, Marcus Rickson, uh, president of Rickson Entertainment Group, uh, we're based here in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um I was born and raised in Calcutta, India. Uh, Calcutta, a pretty big city, 16 million people, a lot of people. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, you're uh, Indian? <laughs> if you're, I'm just kidding, squad. If you watch it on YouTube, yeah. you'll see it. <laughs> but no, no, go yeah, ahead, Calcutta. Uh, yep. uh, Calcutta, uh, <laughs> a lot of people know Calcutta um, via Mother Teresa. That's that's her home base where, yeah. where she, she's from. And I actually grew up Caddy Corner. To Mother Teresa's mission work, so super familiar with her and uh, and her work. So, grew up in Calcutta. Uh, did not grow up in a very uh, rich family. Matter of fact, our family was super poor. 
uh, grew up uh, with my parents who had a 12 by six feet home, 12 feet by six feet. Wow. That is, that is not, not big. And, um, uh, my mom and dad slept on the floor all, all my life. And me and my sister shared a bed and, uh, yeah, they, they did everything to provide for, for me and my sister, but just financially, they didn't have the means to pull us out of there. And, uh, so, uh, they, they partnered up with, the uh, not, they were approached by a nonprofit organization called one child. Uh, when I was like three years old or something, I was like, Hey, we, there's a school down the street. We can help get a sponsor for your son to go to the school and the sponsor pays for his education meals uniform and a pair of shoes every year mm. so i had a sponsor uh 14 years that uh, that uh through this organization and paid like 40 dollars a month wasn't a lot of money that helped me go to school get a meal every single day and uh take that burden off my parents and my parents were working people and uh, so I was a sponsor kid. My, my sister was a sponsor kid. And um, that's how I got through high school was going through a, a school that was started by some missionaries um, to help underprivileged kids. So that, that's my background. Uh, I came to the States about 11 years ago. Uh, I, how old were uh, you when you came to the States? I was a little older. I was, uh, I was 21. Okay. Let, 21 I want to know what happened between the time, though. Like yeah. of kind of high school and that twenty-one year old, like yeah. what did you continue education or what? So from high school, so uh at, during the eighth grade, um I had these these uh I think the American um missionaries had come and visited my school and some of them were musicians and they performed for a chapel service that I was attending in school. I was this like, is a story oh. I wanted to hear. Yep, okay. And, and I was like what is going on here? This is so cool. And uh, so I talked to my music teacher. I was like, wait, people get to travel and play music? What? <laughs> give me give me that insight. And he had a conversation. This was eighth grade. He had a conversation with me like, yeah, along with just being a singer and songwriter, there are other ways to, to be a part of the music industry. And during the eighth grade, I was like, I want to be a part of the industry. I love music. I grew up with my mom playing the radio every night at home, we didn't have a television. So music was an escape from me, uh, from my my house that was 12 feet by six feet wide. When I listened to things, I was in a different space. So I loved everybody from Elton John to the Eagles, to the Beatles, anything that the radio played. I just wow. loved the Western music. So in the eighth grade, I was like, how do I learn more about this? So uh, <clears throat> I started helping the audiovisual team at my at my school to set up for any events that they had. I just volunteered. There wasn't even a, a position. And uh, I got to meet a lot of great people that were either musicians, speakers, uh, or some way kind of learn about the industry. And I was like, okay, I want to be a sound guy. So I figured it out before, high, before like it's the 11th grade, I was like, going to be a sound guy. But it was as expensive for me to go to a uh, school in Bombay or Mumbai, India, that's the same name. It's like the Hollywood of India. Uh, then for me to come to the States, it's it's so expensive to live there. And I was wow. like, I came from a poor family. There's no way this is even going to be possible. Uh, so I graduated out of high school and I, I wasn't interested in becoming a 
going to medical um, medical school or going to engineering school. I wanted to learn about music and sound and India didn't have a lot of resources. An alum from the university that I attended in Kentucky called Asbury University had come down to work with Mother Teresa's uh, mission work and was uh, walking down the street and ran into my dad and mom and uh, my parents at that point in time in, in, in the little that we have. We, they had a street program that were feeding 250 kids on the street five days a week through their funds and through our family's funds mm-hmm. just to provide meals for these kids. Right. So this alum from Asbury decided, hey, uh, I want to be a part of this. So he decided he wanted to sell his home and house uh, in, in Bunkerville, Illinois and move to India. And he did. And he's been in India for what, 15, 18 years. I can't sure. even remember at this point in time. When he came back to the States, he, he asked my dad, can you come with me and help me move all my assets and do all these things? So they came to the States and uh, on their way to Illinois uh, or vice versa, they, they drove to drove to Wilmore, Kentucky. That's, that's where Asbury University was involved. Uh, gets involved they were breaking ground on a new building and my my dad and the alum ran into the president and the dean of media communications and while talking they were saying yeah we're going to put in a music studio there's going to be a film studio there's going to be a radio station and my dad was like that's what my son wants to do so (laughs) i was out of school for about two years at this point in time just helping my parents back home um my dad was in construction and I kind of oversaw some of those things. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from my mom saying, Hey, your dad just asked if we can fax over your transcripts. I was like, okay. So I faxed over my transcripts to his number. And then, and then he says, Hey, this was for this university that has a music, uh, a music program. A month later, I get an email saying you've been accepted to Asbury university in Wilmore, Kentucky. And I was like, <laughs> that's so, awesome. Man. Long story short, uh, I still couldn't afford to come to school because it's it's expensive, sure. and uh, my parents could afford that. But um, the the president's email used to be on the university's website, and my <laughs> m- my dad would be the one uh, with my mom writing emails, be like, "Hey, my son would love to go. He's really talented," and he would write letters like like grandma would write letters, like they're two or three pages long. <laughs> to, to the point where the, you cannot find the university's president's email on the website anymore right, <laughs> because right. my parents wore them out. But between uh, the president and the admissions department, they figured out to give me a good amount of scholarship where I was able to get my resources put together in India. And then I worked during the summers on the university as a carpenter and wow. never left. So uh, I was the assistant carpenter. I did HVAC uh, I did any maintenance work at the university to help pay the rest of my bill off. So that's how I even landed up going to college and learned about music and sound and, and TV and film, things like that. Awesome. Awesome. So as we fast forward then, like how did we really kind of launch Rick's and entertainment? Yeah. So uh, in college, I, I went to school for uh, media communications, emphasis in audio production, and I needed a internship uh, to, to graduate. And so, uh, so I didn't have a car and, uh, Nashville is about three and a half hours away from, from Lexington, Kentucky. That's where I was Mm -hmm. in school. And, uh, I found these guys online on, on a website, uh, and they were a band name unspoken. And they were like, Hey, uh, we're needing help on the road. If someone wants to help reach us here. And 
so I, was, I, I reached them and they're like, okay, meet us downtown Nashville, like 6 a.m. We're going to hit the road. And I was like, okay. So then I, I didn't have a car. So I hitchhiked with a couple of my friends from, from Lexington to Nashville uh, and waited in a parking lot uh, at 6 a.m. in the morning for this band to show up to help <laughs> me get on the road. So here am I with a backpack and uh, a Volkswagen Jetta just circles around me sure. in this empty parking lot. Right. And I was like, I have no idea. It's just me. I've never been to Nashville at this point in time. It's like and, a and, Hollywood, man. I mean, and, these guys, and these guys circle and come back around and stop. And they were like, hey, you, Marcus? I was like, yeah, are you guys unspoken? They're like, yep. Uh, they were like, all right, you got middle back seat. And so I jumped in the middle back seat. And then went on the road for with them for two two weeks. Okay. What I learned was uh, on that trip on that trip was why they circled was like they didn't know what I look like, and all they had was a smiley a tiny space in the middle back seat. Right. So like if this was going to be a big dude, they were just going to leave me and go. But I, <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say something about the middle back seat. So you went on tour so, them, and like did that kind of spark the hey I'm going to start my own kind of uh, so I went on tour with them. Yeah, get, went on tour with them. It gave me the opportunity of learning so much more from outside the classroom sure. into the real world yeah. environment. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> while I while I made friends with them, they soon became a, a band that has a number one song on the Billboard. Right. They have two tour buses. They they grew with themselves. Sure. I was still in college, uh, and then I came back to Nashville and worked with Martina McBride mm. and John McBride in the country scene. And I had um, <laughs> I, I got the opportunity of working everybody with Dolly Parton, Tim McGraw, awesome. Kesha, a lot of A-level artists in the yeah. studio at this point in time. So I had the road experience. I had the studio experience. And then soon after that, I learned was like, man. I love creating music, but I also love going and being a part and seeing what the audiences are enjoying. Mm. So I love the road and being with the artists sure. more than just sitting behind and recording. While And so I took that on myself to be the best sound guy, best bus guy, best merch guy, best case pusher coffee guy, and traveled and toured with all these artists. And while I did that, I made a lot of friends with them. And uh, my, my, my brain just doesn't sit at like, what, what am I doing good, but also what can I be better at? And right. while you travel with artists, you start learning that you be, you're very business minded. You got to keep accounts. You got to keep, you know, the cash flow going uh, in charge of a lot of people move, moving pieces, doing it over and over again. Sure. And uh, one of the artists named Mark Schultz, he's a Christian artist, platinum selling. Um, was like, hey man, I love when you're on the road with me, but I also think you'll be super valuable if you come back in the office on Monday morning and help manage my career, looking at getting me the next record deal, next book deal, uh, anything that has to do with branding. And I was like, okay, okay, sure, <clears throat> okay. So uh, I got in the office and uh, an amazing company named sure. Mike Atkins Entertainment that have been around for 30 years. And they right. have a lot of A-level artists, like platinum artists. Sure. I started learning from the best of the best and kind of managing the careers, record deals, music, film, TV, and cruises, anything that they were a part of. Right. And uh, I, I just loved it so much that my brain, it just clicked. Sure. And then it came to a point where I was working uh, at, at Atkins. I just hit a ceiling where I was like, just going at it that I had to decide 
do I need? So I was, I was still touring, which is basically I would leave on Thursday sure. to right. Monday morning going with all these artists. So you're looking at leaving office. Atkins because your, your time is kind of run much. out there, right? So you yeah, I come jump. out. I need a jump. I had a little boy uh, that was born. Mm-hmm. I had a little baby. And the first three months of his life, I was only home for 15 days. I was just wow. like yeah. slammed. I was like, I need to step back and just take a breath. I did not have a plan of starting Rickson Entertainment. I, mm-hmm. I was going to just step back and find a job at another record label sure. or another With place, a higher ceiling that you could climb. Got it. Okay. All right. With a higher ceiling. And so I stepped away with no plan in mind. Sure. And I said, I'm going to take a month and just debrief myself and find something. Okay. Within seven days, I had three job offers from different people. Right. And I was like, this is too fast, too fast. I still need time. And then the word got around to other artists that I stepped away from man- my management company. And they were <laughs> like, we were considering joining your management company because you were there and now you're not there. Will you start your own? I was like, I never really considered that. Wow. And so, uh, so. Within two weeks, Rickson Entertainment was born, and I had five artists that signed on to me straight away. Wow. One being one being Sailor, which uh, I, I, I they're on oh, my I know website, but, yeah, Christian yeah, artists, you know, yeah, Christian, mm-hmm. yeah, Platinum, Platinum, like big time, right? Of, uh, yeah, they were the first one that asked me, so I didn't even wow. consider being um, I I didn't think I was the guy. I and then. Here we are, uh, you know, uh, last November, Rickson won five Dove Awards within our own company. And the Doves are like the Grammys to Christian sure. music. Right. And within a small team, uh, I was able to do that. I still work in country music and pop music and right. still helping artists build that. But that's that was the birth of Rickson Entertainment. That's awesome, man. That's just perseverance to the hill. And like what you said, like you were going above and beyond what you were supposed to be doing when you were on that tour bus and everything else. And that got you noticed by Schultz and Schultz is like, Hey man, you need to come in here. And then when you left, like people saw that, that that's amazing. Amazing example of perseverance. So let me ask you something. Have you saw the movie back to the future? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get in that DeLorean with Michael J. Fox, right? Or Marty McFly. Sorry. Marty. Let's get in that DeLorean with Marty. Let's go back to the 20 year old. Marcus Rickson, what kind of knowledge nuggets? That's what we call them here at Time to Shine today. What kind of knowledge nuggets would you drop on Marcus to maybe help him level up, blast through, or shorten the learning curve just a little bit? When I was a 20-year-old, I was so focused on, like, my my dream. And, like, this is the only path to get to my dream. And the path was to go become a, like, go to a school that had audio engineering and things like that. Sure. But the older I got, I realized there are other ways to get to that dream. If I if I'm the best bus guy, I'm the best lighting guy, the best store manager, the best manager, I I I learned that there are so many other places that I could be better at and uh, open the door. So so I would tell that Marcus, a twenty year old, I was I was discouraged, I was disappointed, I wasn't in. I wasn't going to a college for two years out of right, high school. Right. All my other friends mm-hmm. were already in there. And so it, so it was, it was probably my darkest place in my life period right. from the age of 18 to 20. Uh, but uh, my parents, man, I would say appreciate family. 
and appreciate people that are around you. I I Love think it. at that point in time I knew what was best best for myself and I did, but the people around me knew what knew my potential. Sure. So listen to people. And Love those it. people kept me on track. So if, Love that. if it wasn't for those people, sure. I wouldn't be where I am. Love it that you're paying homage to them. That that's fantastic. So how do you want your dash remembered? That little line in between your life date and your death date, incarnation date, expiration date. How do you want Marcus's dash remembered? Quickly. You know what? What I would what I would want people to remember is there's a kid that grew up in a place that wasn't built for success, and here is where he got to what living beyond the box. I'm outside my box right now. I'm living <laughs> beyond my dream. So I want people to realize that anything is possible as long as you put in hard work and it pays off. Yes, absolutely. So what do you think then people misunderstand the most about Marcus? Uh, misunderstand. I think uh, some people, I consider myself the underdog, as you can see. Uh mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Absolutely. I'm an Indian guy in Nashville, Tennessee, managing Christian and country artists. I was going to go there, actually, Marcus, with that stereotype. I was going to go there. So go on, brother. I want to hear about this. And so so I've been labeled as the brown kid in Christian music, all right, (laughs) or the brown kid in country music. But here's the thing. I embrace it. And I've worked with with people all over because they remember, hey, what's that one kid that does that and he's really good at it? So people look at me as an underdog when they before they know who I am and sure. actually meet me. Uh, so I so so I sometimes the doors don't open easier for me in a place that's well established. Sure, but once the door is open, I'm not leaving. Game on, baby. Game on. So and and so that's my biggest. Uh, you know, misunderstanding people, you know, do not take me seriously the first time. They take that smile and like, oh, we could stop, especially Nashville, dude. I, I have friends that, you know, have, have tried to make it there and it, it can be brutal. And for you, once you get in, that's the way I am too. If someone lets me in just a little bit, I'm staying, man. That, that's awesome. So then what, what keeps Marcus up at night? My brain. Oh my goodness. Uh, what keeps me up is how can I get better? But also I love serving people. So if you come to me with a problem, my mind does not shut off till I kind of help you either figure out the problem or go find somebody that can help us figure out the problem. So what keeps me up is just, man, uh, I love what I do. So I don't wake up thinking I'm going into a job. Right. I I wake up going like, I'm a dreamer. So every day when I, I'm like, oh, tomorrow's gonna gonna be cool. So that keeps me up. And right. I'm trying to think of all the things that I can do tomorrow or the after. But it's not a stressful thought. Like no, I don't go to sleep stressed. I right. go to sleep with like, oh man, what a cool opportunity. I'm right. gonna be in Tokyo. I'm gonna be in Tokyo in two two months yeah. doing this uh, doing this Olympic thing. Oh man, right. what can I do in Tokyo while I'm there? So that's what keeps me up is like how active and how creative you're living life bro that's what uh, you know get busy living or get busy dying right Uh, good old Shawshank Redemption quote but that's the truth and you're living that that's fantastic so Marcus then what would your definition of a life well lived be because you've lived one bro leaving a legacy 
for my 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 kids and my my family that when they look back, be like uh, Marcus took the little that he had and was able to leave a legacy that blessed m- more than what he could give back, and for that to last down generations. And I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about putting characteristics into people, loving on people, uh, and re- being remembered as the person that went above and beyond for me, even, even they didn't have to, or I didn't, it, it could be a stranger. Sure. And so that, that would be, that would be something I, I don't wealth is here and gone tomorrow. I came from nothing. And so I sure. wealth is nothing, but if I can change one kid's life and help them dream again, mm-hmm. like my son, my son is an extension of someone else believing in me, uh, when I was three years old and letting right. me go to school. Right. So, that that person's blessing is now going down generation. Dude, you you nailed it with that because my whole goal in life, and you're already living this, and the people that actually gave you that opportunity when you're younger, they they're planting seeds of trees that they'll never sit in the shade in. You know what I'm saying? That's what you that's what I strive to do. Because there's people, brother, that are passed on and they haven't been able to see what I've become and what I'm helping others become. And you're doing that. And, and I love that. Hey, time to shine today. Podcast varsity squad. We're back with my boy, Marcus And Marcus. We have our leveling up lightning round. You and I could talk 15, 20 minutes on each one of these, but you've got five seconds with no explanations on these. You ready to rock? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's level up. Marcus, what's the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Treat someone uh, like you would treat yourself. Golden rule, baby. Awesome. Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Um, oh, goodness. Man, uh, I always, always walk into the door with no uh, wanting to, let me take that back. I always walk in with what can I give and what can I take. Yes. Awesome. You see me, I'm just kind of walking around, my shoulders slumped. You're like, Fergie's just not feeling it. Looks like he's in his doldrums. What book are you handing me? You know what? Uh, I am, I'm not a big book guy. Okay. But I, I, I'll, I'll suggest a podcast, you know, okay. like yours. <laughs> uh, or uh, I'm usually, I love business wars. I don't know if you've. Uh, oh, yeah. I love business wars. Okay. That keeps me entertained to kind of learn from other people's experiences. I'm like, Hey, man, just check this out. You know, love it. Love it. That's okay. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, man. So when you text, what's your most commonly used emoji? Oh my, it's, it's the big smiley face. face. I love it. Chess or checkers. Chess. Love it. I would, I suck at it, but I'm trying. So I'm Indian, Indian, bro. (laughs) So what's your favorite charity and organization you'd like to give your time or money to? One Child, the organization that uh, I was sponsored through, and now I'm an ambassador for them. So I've helped them connect with big influencers. And through my story, we've gotten thousands of kids sponsored. That's awesome. That's going to be on our show notes right at the top. Yeah. Awesome. Last thing, question. You can elaborate on this one, but what is the best decade in music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh, my goodness. So... I'm asking. I, 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 yeah, I was a 90s kid. So I was a 90s kid that so the music influenced me in the 90s to learn and be a part of it. But I'm a classic rock guy. So I love the 80s. I heard you say the Uh, Eagles. The Eagles. Dude, uh, that's my band. I have two. 
I have two songs I can tell you that are the reasons why I'm in music industry. Let's hear them. One is, one is uh, Hotel California, just because of the line, and the other one is Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. You know, I just, yeah. I, awesome. I just love love that piece of music and the piece of art. And then the older I got, obviously, I love a lot of Beatles stuff. But, gotcha. You yeah. ever curious? You ever? Yeah, I love Beatles. Uh, you, you ever? Um, see martina mcbride anymore i have not because okay. i haven't gone to the studio in a while but uh-huh. actually the other day i know exactly where her husband gets uh, mexican food at and i had just pulled out while uh-huh. john pulled back in because mm-hmm. to get his food and so we saw each other through the car windows and did this right. but uh no i haven't seen martina if you ever Love see her, her if you ever see her tell her that i still haven't washed the right cheek where she gave me a pack, a kiss. And she was, she, she came on the USS Kitty Hawk when I was in the Navy in 1992 or three. And she put on a performance along with other country bands. And that's when um, my baby loves me just the way that I am was out. Right. Mm -hmm. And she, like I was in charge of not in charge. I worked with part of the security team for where she was staying in one of the staterooms on the aircraft carrier. And she needed an iron. And I went and got in the iron and I handed it to who I thought was her assistant or publicist, but it was her, but she was all dressed down in sweats and stuff. It's still very pretty. And she gave me a kiss and she's like, and then my, the master chief's like, Hey, Martine, probably give you a kiss on the cheek. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. But if you ever see her, just be like, Hey, this guy was on the USS Kitty Hawk and you put on a performance in San Diego, California. And, uh, it was, it was really cool, man. That's, that's cool that you said that, but yeah. (laughs) Wow. I, I can awesome. totally see her doing that. She's just one of those people who just yeah. loves and other people around them. Right. Just embraces them. Yeah. I wouldn't share that story with John, but <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either, but no, she was so polite, so nice. So nice. That's so, so cool. Marcus, quickly leave us with one last knowledge nugget you want us to take with us, internalize, and take action on. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat my uh my little saying about if you can walk into a room and be like, Hey, here's what I want to give to people. And what I mean about a room, it could be a relationship. It could be a meeting. It could be anything that you walk into be like, Hey, here's what I want to give from my side, uh, without needing something in return. Mm -hmm. People remember that so much more than walking into a space. Be like, Hey, what can you give me today? What knowledge can I take from you? What, what finances can you help me with? People start pushing those people aside. But once you are known as the giver, people just embrace that. and want to be a part of that and remember you. And that's been a key to my success is like, I never had anything. So now sure. when I do, I'll bless 10 people with me it, because it doesn't hurt me. It was, it was never mine. And right. so if I, if I can pay for your meal, I'll do it all the time. Uh, I, I never, I never think about, and that's the Indian me. I, that was something new. When I came here, people like, okay, you pay for this. You pay for this. I'm like, well, if we're eating together, I called you out. I'm paying for it today. Next Love time it. you call me out, you pay for it. Gosh. And people just remember that. And that's just different. You give, give, give until it hurts. So good. That, that's fantastic. And squad, you just had like a free mascot with a very successful human being. My good friend, Marcus Rickson, you know, I effectively calling this like a, a person that I know personally now, their white tiger story. <laughs> you know, he's he's very humble. You know, being in India, really 
just he 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 says what my good friend Leah Woodford would say is he got his asking gear. He was always asking questions. Something interested him. He was always asking questions. The perseverance in this gentleman is just absolutely fantastic. You know, it, it's like don't focus so much, he says, on what you are good at. Focus on what you can get better at. You know, and that will open to other paths and dreams for you to be even better and serve more people. You know, he wants you to always appreciate your family and the people around you. He wants you to live beyond your box and realize that if you work your arse off, the hard work will pay off. You know, and he's going to leave a legacy for his kids and his kids' kids and on down the road because there's people that have left a legacy for him. And again, like we say, you know, he's planting seeds of a tree that he may never sit in the shade of, and he's totally fine with that. He's okay with that, you know, and he wants you to give, give, give until it hurts so good without expecting anything in return. Because, but on the flip side of that with Marcus, and I'm sure you'll agree is that you have to have, be open to the reciprocation. Don't expect it, be open to it. It might not come monetarily. It might just come in a new friendship. It might just come in a compliment. Someone pays you the other day. It came in my goddaughter actually calling me to talk to me without wanting something. You know, so it's like, Marcus, you're fantastic. You level up your health. You level up your wealth. You're always, you, you've earned your varsity letter squad with me, man. I have a great friend there in Thank Nashville you. that I promise the next time I'm there, I'm going to look up and take you to dinner. You heard that, right? I'm taking you to dinner. And thank you so much, brother. I love your guts. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you so much, Scott. And thank you for everybody uh, for listening in. And uh, what a blessing. Thank you so much. Talk soon, Marcus. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you are a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. If you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.